0: You're listening to The Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 20, Geek Celluloid Wonderland, plus on this week's What the Dead, Worth.
1: This is The Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Dave.
0: Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 20 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me, as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie.
1: Hi, Brian. We have reached Venti. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to talk about The Walking Dead, of course, mm-hmm. today. But before we get started with that, this is an interesting time for geeks because we are now getting into very close to a celluloid wonderland when it comes to geek movies. We are just two weeks away from Avengers Infinity Mm -hmm. War, which is the end of April. After that, we have the solo movie in May. We also have Deadpool 2 in May. Mm -hmm. and So we're now getting a nice cluster of geek-centric movies. If you're a horror fan, we've already been treated to A Quiet Place, which I haven't seen yet. Me
1: either, and I really, really want to.
0: I have been hearing such good things about this movie. I can't wait. I know. Right at this point, it is the number one movie. Stephen King gave a really glowing (laughs) review of it. And so... I'm looking forward to seeing this film a a great deal, and hopefully I'll get a chance to check it out this weekend, because obviously in the next couple of weeks or so, we're going to be busy. Yeah. So there'll be a lot of of films to watch. But they just released the trailer for Meg.
1: Yes. I'll be honest, the idea of this, okay, so they took a sci-fi film, like Sharknado, and now they're (laughs) making a real movie from a sci-fi film. It's, uh, huh.
0: Well, I know it's based off a series of books. and. Watching the trailer, you you do get the idea that you're getting a combination of really scary film, but at the same time, you're getting some comedy, you're getting some light moments. And I'm not exactly sure where it's going to fall. Although, if you saw Get Out, that both of those things can work very well in a movie. It's, Mm -hmm. It's difficult to pull off. I would say that you know, in the hands of somebody who's very masterful, the troubles that you can run into with having comedy and horror in the same movie, they can overcome them and actually allow both of those to help strengthen each other. And uh, Jason Statham is the lead in this film. And I have to admit, I'm not a big fan of everything that he's done. I have to say that I... Dungeon Siege. <laughs> well, I have to say the the movies that I... <laughs> that I like him in the, the most. Mm-hmm. They're the movies that he did with uh, with Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, Revolver
1: and uh, Snatch and,
0: and mm-hmm. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Those were the movies that I really liked him in. And some of the other stuff he did in America. Not the biggest Transporter fan. Transporter or Crank. Uh,
1: crank. Mm-hmm. Those
0: films. Not really my Italian cup of job. Well, why do you want to remake that movie? (laughs) While we're at that, let's remake Citizen Kane. But but still, I mean, I've liked him in some movies, not... A lot of his American movies, like I said, the Guy Ritchie films, I've been a big fan of. I do want to see what he does in this film. I'm, I'm intrigued by the film. Have Most you read of, the book? I've not read the book. Me, yeah. I I'm not, that. again... You, but as
1: I understand, Jaws was also a novel. Right. Yeah. And oh, tender. yeah. Peter
0: Benchley. But what's interesting, of course, is that the novel and the movie really diverge in a lot of major ways. Okay. For one, and you've seen Jaws, I yes, assume, the movie.
1: But I have not read the book.
0: Right. Well... <laughs> There's a subplot in the book where Hooper has an affair with Brody's wife. Huh. And um, I'm not exactly sure why that they had to do that, but it happens in the book. Thank goodness it didn't happen in the movie. The other thing, too, is that the ending of the book is much different than the ending of the movie. In the, in the movie, Brody shoots the, the air tank Smile, that explodes. Smile, son of a... Yeah. In the book... Well, basically, the shark dies of exhaustion. They chase him, and they chase him. He chases them, he chases them, and then suddenly he gets really tired and dies. Huh. And well. would not have played as well on screen, I think. Yeah, so. I think it
1: would, it would have been like the ending of Duel, the first Steven Spielberg movie, I think. It was on, made for TV. Right. Yeah, that entire movie, we just get flammable, flammable, flammable. That's all you know of the truck, that it's flammable. And then it goes over the side of a cliff, and nothing happens.
0: Right. Well, and then of course Jaws.
1: Uh, let's have an explosion. That that should have been the explosion at the end of Duel.
0: But getting back to Meg, that's going to be a mixed bag. It could be glorious, or it could be just a train wreck, and I'm not sure which yet. I'm going to probably have to go to the theater to find out. But it's going to at least get my money, at least once. I guess we'll see.
1: Yeah, but like, are we going to get 2018's Jaws? Or are we going to get a just bigger budgeted Sharknado? That's what we'll have to see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, whatever they uh, manage to pull off, looks like there's going to be some really good, very tense scenes. And it looks like there'll be some good humor in there also.
1: I jumped in the the trailer when the, the, um, the, no, not the Kraken. What what are they in real life? What's a Kraken in real life?
0: (laughs) Oh, you're talking about the giant squid. The
1: squid, yes, yes, the giant squid, the... (laughs) <laughs> the very ten thousand leagues under the sea when it grabs the, I jumped,
0: mm-hmm. oh, and I yes. was just
1: you know watching it on a phone. So,
0: so I think it's going to be some serious over the top fun. I'm hoping for the best, definitely, and i'm we'll be checking it out. But we've got a lot of interesting movies that are going to be coming up in the next few. Mm-hmm. And
1: rampage opens. Rampage,
0: yes, opens. I th- tonight. I may. I think it does. I think it does open mm-hmm. tonight. Gonna and that's that. going to be a crazy go nuts film, mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see how well that it does. Of course, at this point, Black Panther is number five because they've done the re-release of Dunkirk after the after the Oscars, and that's that came in at number two. Quiet Place got number one. What was number three? I'm trying to trying to think what what else has been out. That's uh, Ready Player One's number three, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and after that was Blockers, the comedy.
1: Yeah, the, the kids, the teen, teen comedy, it was like... yeah, right, the,
0: the teen slash adult comedy.
1: It's like the 10 Things I Hate About You of our generation, I guess, right. or American so, Pie, I don't it's, know.
0: Yeah, it's half that, but it's also half messing with the parents, you know, because the parents are trying it's to all stop... movies. Yeah, pretty Every much. Every
1: single movie, you mess right. with the parents. The parents are always wrong. The parents never know better.
0: <laughs> Definitely not, I guess. Or at least in this movie, that's sort of the theme going. Most movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... And then Black Panther's at number five, and what I find interesting about this is that there's a good possibility that Black Panther is still be in the top ten when Infinity War starts out. So oh, it so you
1: st- could do a double feature you of could do a double Black feature. Panther and Black Panther 2, I mean <laughs> Infinity War.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm fine with calling it Black Panther <laughs> 2. I want more of that. Yes. And as, like I said before, it seems from the trailers that Wakanda is going to be pretty much the third act part of the second act but maybe the main third act of the movie and that that's where the final stand's going to be against Thanos and I'm really looking forward to this film I we've been waiting for a long long time I knew I would like Black Panther and it would be I thought at least it would be a nice aperitif before Infinity War what I didn't expect was it was going to be a huge meal yeah. and Hugely satisfying.
1: Perfect movie. Well, what Mandy thinks is the perfect movie. I know not everyone agrees with me. Well, I
0: certainly enjoyed the heck out of that film. We have two
1: perfect movies so far in, you know, over 120 years of making films, and we're working on it.
0: (laughs) So what do you consider the other perfect movie? Tombstone. Tombstone. I'm
1: sorry, I thought we had talked about this before. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: My stuff kind of leans more obscure. My favorite movie, I don't know if I would go so far as to call it the perfect movie, although I could debate that it is. My favorite movie is a Mishima Life in Four Chapters. And it's it's a very obscure film. It mm-hmm. was a Japanese film that was produced by George Lucas. This may be a film I'm going to have to subject you to eventually. Okay.
1: Well, you know, and being ADHD is I don't have favorites of anything. I, you know, because it's constantly changing and I can't right. concentrate on one thing. You know, people ask me my favorite food. I'm like, what's a favorite food? <laughs> <I> <laughs> it's like, like, like all what foods. you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, I like all foods and I, I like so many movies. I like all movies and. Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. What's really interesting about Mishima, Mishima was a real person. He was a Japanese writer. They called him the Japanese Shakespeare. Hmm. And this is not going to be a spoiler, even though this is what happens at the end of the movie, because they tell you right at the beginning of the movie that this happens, hmm. is along with his writing, he also formed a what he called the S.H.I.E.L.D. Society, which in a sense was kind of a private army. It hmm. was for uh, young men. And he would teach them military. This was after, of course, World War II. Because uh, that they lost the war, they were forced in treaty to to disband their army. To this day, Japan doesn't have a standing army. And Mishima, he was very much into the samurai aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And Bushido was his philosophy. And he felt that Japan had lost their way. And so he felt that the S.H.I.E.L.D. Society... Was going to be the way to come back to Bushi, that it was going to be how the Japanese soul could be restored. And one day, he and four members of the Shield Society go on to a military base. And they've been allowed on military bases all the time. They were even allowed to train with what at that point would have been their National Guard. Mm-hmm. And so, after he goes on to the base, he basically kidnaps the base commander, holds him hostage.
1: Oh. Wow.
0: And he demands that he be allowed to address the garrison. And he delivers a speech to the garrison. And after he delivers the speech, he goes back into the building and commits seppuku. Mm-hmm. He takes a sword and in a ritual disembowelment, commits suicide. Mm-hmm. And he really, this actually happened. There really is a Mishima, and he actually did that, and he actually committed suicide, which is one reason why they don't talk about him a lot in Japan anymore. It's an interesting film because the four chapters are basically Mishima plays. The cinematography is very much, it looks like they're on a stage. Okay. And there's a lot of really clever things going on. Uh, And a combination of black and white and color and plus a lot of these plays that he wrote really were indicative of things that were going on in his life and things he was thinking about philosophically. And of course, the last... The last story is Mishima delivering the speech and then committing seppuku. And fascinating film. To tell you how much this film meant to me, I owned it on VHS tape. Aww. And back then, that film was not really popular. Not a lot of people knew about it. Mm -hmm. I learned about it from a roommate. And I was fascinated by this film so much so, in fact, and keep in mind... Back in those days, I was working fast food and trying to get myself through college, mm-hmm. and all of that. And and this was like the late late 80s, 88, 89. Mm-hmm. And the the VHS tape cost sixty dollars, and I spent yep. the sixty dollars and got it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
0: that's how much I re- that's how much that movie meant to me. Right. Now, of course, I own it on Blu-ray. It was released by Criterion Collection, because Criterion Collection is awesome, and hmm. they b- always bring out the awesome films. And not only did they release Mishima, but they also released a movie called Patriotism that Mishima starred in. He, oh, himself. He starred in huh. himself, so you you see him. And what's interesting about that movie is the main character at the end... Commits. Se- super- exactly.
1: Wow, so does the does the Blu-ray have some good extras? Does it have commentary? Mm-hmm. Um, oh
0: yes, and it also has something Lucas and yeah, it also has something else that it had lost for a while because when it went from a VHS to a, a DVD, mm-hmm. they changed the English commentary. There was English commentary throughout the uh, the movie. There's like narration in English. Now, whenever Any of the characters speak, they speak in Japanese, and you have subtitles. But there was an English narration that went through it, and they got a new narrator, which I didn't think was quite as good. Hmm. But put it back in the Blu-ray. Now, here's the thing, and here's our circle. The person who they had doing the, the English narration in the original was also known for playing a certain role in Jaws. Sheriff Brody. Roy Scheider. Wow. Roy Scheider was the narration in the movie.
1: Huh. Boy, he's done... God, you know, he did all that jazz. He's just all over the place, Dude. Absolutely. And he's... He's, he's about uh, as uh, versatile as Hugh Jackman, I think. Yes.
0: And there we go. We get back to Jaws. So there's our, there's our circular circle, trip. Circle, back to Jaws, okay. The circle of life. And so with that said, it's now time for What, what the, the Dead, dead. and... For anyone listening, of course, there's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk spoilers on this. We're going to talk about the episode, what happens in the episode. And so if you haven't seen this week's episode, which is Worth, then turn everything off, watch it, then you can come back.
1: Okay, so Brian, this episode is called Worth. Mm -hmm. I, however, feel that it should be retitled My College Years
0: because
1: (laughs) it was full of bad, bad decisions. Now, now I get every episode of Walking Dead is full of bad decisions, you know, or otherwise we wouldn't have a plot. But this one, it was like they were stocking up for winter on bad decisions. Everyone, Brian.
0: I can't argue that at all. And one thing I I do have to say, and we've been talking about this for a while, is, of course, next week's episode is the season finale, Mm -hmm. and they have been saying in all the commercials that next week is the end of the war, it comes to a head, the war ends next week, and I'm wondering how, Mm -hmm. because...
1: Is it a special, is it a two hour, do we know that? I
0: don't think it's two hours, I mean, it's going to be a longer episode, I, I don't see how it couldn't be, but at the same time... Man, they still have a lot of things to cover. I mean, the stage has been set.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And i got to be honest, I, they say it's going to be the end of the war, but I don't see how that's going to be. As I, I suspect we're going to have a major cliffhanger of some aspect. Mm-hmm. And besides the fact that they're supposed to get to the end of the war, but they're also going to need to explain Morgan leaving. Mm-hmm. Because the season opener for Fear the Walking Dead deals with Morgan and him joining up with that crew
1: yeah and there's a cowboy in that for some reason i don't watch fear the walking dead but i saw the commercial and there's a cowboy
0: in it texas i guess so so and of course this weekend this sunday the season finale of walking dead and the season opener for fear of the walking dead are both going to play in the theater back to back and so there has to be some sort of continuity between these two episodes which means there's got to be some sort of explanation about morgan
1: He's just going to go on crazy walkabout. Yeah. I mean, they've been setting that up.
0: Yeah, he's, he's going to go clear. They've gone
1: crazy again, so we're going to go on crazy walkabout.
0: But that's a lot to cover in yeah. in it's one gotta, episode, on top of everything else. Like that ten
1: have. states and two time zones over to get. But to I Texas. have a
0: feeling that whatever cliffhanger they're going to have for the next episode, it's going to deal with these visions we've been having of Rick lying against a tree, bloody the the stained glass hanging from the branches. That's got to have something to do with whatever cliffhanger they have going for us. And so, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to wind up watching it in the theater. If for no other reason, then it gives me the opportunity of watching it without commercials, without having to fast forward oh, through the commercials. Nice. <laughs> and also because I do want to get the opportunity of seeing this with an audience, because one thing I'd like to talk about next week when we talk about this season finale is going to be the audience reaction. Mm-hmm. Because that's going to be a huge part of it, and I do want to know that. But getting back to Worth.
1: Where do you even... I don't even know where, do where to you start st- with these bad decisions. Uh-
0: because you, ha- you have on the one side Negan dealing with his Simon problem. <laughs> And it pretty much ended the way that we figured it was.
1: Caesar got Brutus before.
0: Yeah. Like we had said before, everybody who was tied in with Simon, they had their backs to the wall. You know, once everything kind of went south, they all wind up dying. Of course, there's no way that wasn't going to happen. And Simon, he gets saved for last. And. Negan decides to go trial by combat which yeah, which I see why he did that because he needs to strengthen his resolve with everyone in, uh, in, the, in the sanctuary <laughs> and because of that, if you just kill off Simon people are going to always be asking if
1: maybe he was right maybe, or...
0: well or at least to, to say that well maybe Simon could have taken him and you've got to know. Mm-hmm. And so Negan, definitely, with everything he'd been through, he was taking a major risk. He had just gotten out of a huge fight with Rick, and I know he was still hurting from a lot of that. And Simon was no waste. He certainly knew how to fight. Just and bare
1: it, hands. And-,
0: and the fact that Negan choked him to death. And then of course, Simon winds up on the wall as a zombie, yep. as a walker. That was
1: it's a very hyper-zombie. I don't know if it's because he was fresh or what. but he's... I would think it's because he was, he know, was or fresh. Or if it was just his personality. <laughs> yeah.
0: A lot of that had to do with Dwight's betrayal mm. of him, because mm-hmm. he could certainly read the tea leaves about all that. And, of oh, course, that Dwight. nice little twist, and it answered the question, who got into the car? And, of course, who got in the car was the one woman mm-hmm. that knew what Dwight had done at the hilltop. I do have to say when Negan was talking to Dwight after he dismissed all his other generals and said, you just keep doing what you know is right. You just follow your gut. And I was like, <laughs> "Uh oh, oh, this isn't good. And Dwight should have gotten the idea something was going on because he was acting that way in front of Simon and Simon had had been rousted and, and Negan knew what had happened. And Dwight had to know that that Negan knew at that point, or at least if afterwards he, you know, whenever he ratted out Simon. Mm hmm how Negan reacted to Simon after that was very much the way that Negan was reacting to, to Dwight. Mm-hmm. And it should have thrown up some sort of a red flag. But that moment when he made him the right-hand man, I'm like, oh, this is, oh, no, no. He's gonna open the door. Something bad's gonna happen. What is it? And when he opened the door, and it was that woman, I was like, ah, okay, there we go. That explains the whole thing. So of course now Dwight,
1: he's he's screwed. He's screwed.
0: He got played by Negan, and Negan has set up a trap for Rick and the gang.
1: Right, and it's not helping at all that uh, they tried to kidnap Eugene. And
0: I will say that Rosita graduated with honors from the Rick Grimes School of HR. (laughs) It's like everything, every time, and this has been for a while, every time she talks to Eugene, she's always saying the wrong stuff. There was a point there where Eugene was talking about, hey, look, I didn't want to do any of this stuff. I thought that when I admitted to making the bullet that I was going to get killed, but I did it to save you. You know, he's basically, in that point, he's trying to kind of lay foundation to saying, look, I realize I've kind of screwed up. I'm willing to deal with all this stuff, but I, I am willing to kind of go back to the way things were.
1: Yeah, and she just said, yeah, we're bringing you home.
0: But no, she had to roll in and saying, we're going to stick you in the deepest, darkest hole. We're not going to kill you. We're just going to use you. The same kind of brutal stuff that she said to him to make him make the bullet in the first place. The problem was, Eugene had had a taste of what it was like not to be afraid of being valued. And he's he decided, fine, if that's the way it's going to be, I'm done with you all. Yep, and he winds up throwing up on Rosita mm-hmm. to distract her long enough to run away. He had seen that the walkers were coming, so he knew that he could get some distance, and he was able to lose them in the yeah, ash the, pit. The sit- which sitters. I thought was kind of I thought was kind of weird because it's like Daryl's with him. Daryl's his incredible tracker, and suddenly now he can't. He just <laughs> lost. You know, he, he there had to be footprints. There had to be something. It's a it's a big pile of ash. There's how did he. Yeah. i mean if Eugene had brushed up against a plant he'd have been able to see that yeah <laughs> but he couldn't get him through a big field of ash he he couldn't see one footprint i don't know I, it's and but the thing when of course when eugene gets back and he's extra driven
1: gosh yeah (laughs) he's
0: extra driven because before he's like look we're just going to make as many bullets as we can make obviously we're not going to be able to reach the quota but let's give them what we can give them and then he gets back he says well yeah (laughs) he says we're going to give them everything that they want by ginger he said. And I was like, Oh, he really said that by ginger. I don't want to be remembering Abraham right now. It's like he'd be real ashamed of you, my man. Mm-hmm. But he said, By ginger, we're gonna do it. And I'm like, Oh oh boy. That hurt. Gene, that was yeah. that was painful. We're talking about bad mistakes. Rosita handled this about the worst way you can handle it. And Eugene was right. If it wasn't for Rosita doing what she did Pulling off that stupid stun of hers. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was as close to Negan as, as you could get and missed. It's
1: yeah, like Rick. They're all shooting like uh, yeah and shooting like stormtroopers. Can't And so do anything.
0: Eugene puts himself in a situation where obviously they're going to kill him to save her. And boy, does she appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And he brings that up and suddenly she's going back to her old messed up ways of let's trash Eugene. We have... Just a few days, and, and then we'll see what they do. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> and so, with that, we come to another episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. Number
1: 20. Number
0: 20. And so, for Mandy Petrie, this is Brian Hatcher reminding you that we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time.